Should pale death with treble dread make the ocean caves our bed, God who hears the surges roll, deign to save the subliant soul. What? Cheers, guys. What? Cheers. <laughs> Excuse me? Hello, fellow fumblers, and welcome back to another episode of the Film Fumblers Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the movie The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers and released in 2019. So without further ado, I'm Adrian. Hey, I'm Jay. I'm Taryn. Yo, it's James. All right, guys. Should pale death with treble dread make the ocean caves our bed? God who hears the surges roll, deign to save the subliant soul. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) 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 Lord Regis. That was a Kraken rum, fittingly, that I'm drinking. What'd you guys shoot? That is fitting. I did, um. Oh boy. Whiskey, Knob Creek. Whiskey. I only do the worst. Wow, you guys New Amsterdam. Smoke. Hey, I'm not gonna spend all the money and shoot my down. shoot my good no, stuff, not, man. man. You it's, know what's funny? Is, this is your, you bought this bottle, James. <laughs> what cracking? When? When we were recording an episode like eight months ago. Holy, holy crap! Holy shit! I don't drink crack. Wow. I don't drink spice rum very much. Oh. Wow. All right, I have to also show my beautiful little. Hey. Dark and stormy that I'm drinking tonight. Yep, I'm nice. dark and stormy with you. I got the, oh, nice! Got oh, the mule cup. I got the mule yeah, cup. So, audio listeners, man. Adrian has a octopus mug. Yeah, that's what I'm holding up here. Yeah, An octopus mug, and James has the typical or the standard mule tin, which is also fitting. Another thing that you, the listeners can't see is we're black and white today. <laughs> Play, yeah. playing around. Trying to be just like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. This movie. Um, so this was your guys' first term time, right, Jane? I mean, uh, James and Adrian? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just, yeah. I watched this movie. Uh, we're recording live on Saturday. I watched this movie on Tuesday. And after I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. And so I watched it again this morning on Saturday. So I've seen it twice. Um, and still, what the fuck is there to, I don't know if you're supposed to understand this movie. Yeah, me and Jay saw it in theaters, dude. Oh, God, I can't imagine. It was amazing. I also saw it about, uh, 30 minutes ago. Oh, oh, (laughs) my goodness. I've seen it a few times since then, too. Cutting it close today. Yeah. Oh, man. James, what about you? Um... Watched it Thursday. Um, was very strange. Probably the weirdest fucking movie I've seen in a while, guys. <laughs> it's, I haven't yeah, seen anything man. this weird yeah. in a while. That's funny. I mean, to, I think to keep with the opening thoughts, as I was watching it, you know, I was like halfway through and I was like, or even at the very beginning, I was like, okay, is this right? Like, is this the right aspect ratio? Like, I'm watching it, I'm streaming it from Amazon. Like, it's, it's yeah. not, it has to be right. Like, okay, so it's right. And then halfway through the movie, I'm also like, 
what? Like, it's, this, is, <laughs> this is the movie that everyone's really crazy about? Yeah. I mean, it's I a movie that came out in 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a movie that's shot in an, in an odd aspect ratio, right? 1.19. How come it's 1.19? Uh, I thought that was always 4.3. I thought... That's what I thought, too. Yeah. It's, it's because basically they, a square. The lenses that they used are 100 years old. They're yeah. old <laughs> lenses. To get the look... So 4.3 they... is a new thing and 1.19 yeah, is... 4.3 is a new thing. Oh, shit. 1.19 is 100 years old. By one, yeah. So... Yeah, it's what, like, early 20th century, so like 1920s, 1930s, I think, is when it was, like, used. Which is interesting because this movie is set in the late 19th century, like, 1890s, right? So, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. not far. It's closer, the aspect ratio they're using is closer to the time of the movie than it is to today's time. Which yeah. is kind of which interesting. Is crazy yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. It was, a uh, yeah, it was, like, a it was a real unique, I mean, it won awards for the cinematography, like, it was, you know... It's not ready for an Oscar, surprisingly. Everything old is new again. It's that whole paradigm where, like, it's 2019, here's a movie in black and white, shot in a square. Uh-huh. Have fun. <laughs> Good luck. Right. You know? yeah. But it was With... new. It, I mean, not new, but it was, like, unique. It was spun in such a cool way. It was, like, a crazy story. It, know, was the, it, it was the perfect call. Like, it was so fucking yeah. claustrophobic and so yeah, limiting. Yeah. It, right. right right away it like, it, like it sets the tone like damn these fucking guys are stuck in isolation on the island and right. you just feel like like our little boxes here they're just uh you can't get yeah, it feels I like can't you're like get out of the box through, like, like, a, so weird the yeah. people yeah. at your door or something or well, yeah. even the scene where um ephraim is looking at uh, thomas through the little <laughs> thing on the you know that's how you feel as the audience you're uh-huh. kind of just peeking in and I think I, I want to get into the set design just right away. It just how I, I feel like this set design even has more to give. Like I I would love to see a full blown horror movie shot on this exact fucking set. You know what I mean? Like everything is so fucking creepy. Like just Yo. the way that that the house is and the lighthouse, the spiral staircase up, the the hallways. It's just oh, it gives you this mood where you're just creeped out and. Yeah. I'm sad that they destroyed the lighthouse because I think they made it out of wood and the people, because it was shot in uh, Nova Scotia and they like loved the set so much they wanted to keep it. The people, they wanted to keep it, but it was like a safety hazard. So they had to oh, really? tear it down. Oh, damn. Was it just but, not um, structurally sound or something? I mean, it's, like... a, it's a wooden replica that's, you know, lighthouses are made of brick, you know, and I just don't think it would, they built it for set. It wasn't like mm-hmm. supposed to last. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, the location was interesting. Like, I I read that they were, they chose the location because basically it was, like, terrible. Like, it was insufferable yeah, yeah. weather. It was all the things that they needed to make the movie. <laughs> and a lot of, almost all of the weather in the movie is natural. Like, this is just how this place was. There was right. very few days where they had to use, like, a rain machine. Yeah. And they controlled, like, some of the waves in the water. But other than that, everything is like just how shitty this place actually was. Shit. Yeah. Which kind of goes into the a bit of the the method method acting that that Robert Pattinson put into it, where and and even Willem Dafoe, where they were just in these shitty circumstances, like they actually lived through that. I think Willem Dafoe 
like lived in like this farmhouse he didn't stay in a hotel with like the rest of the cast and the crew like yeah. lived in a little shack to kind yeah, of like a fisherman too. shack or something right yeah. and then robert pattinson was known to on set like get belligerently fucked up would gag himself <laughs> oh with like there was there was scenes there's a scene where where he's sitting on defoe's lap or no defoe's sitting on his lap and like or laying on him and pattinson's gagging himself before shots and they're just like Defoe's like, if this motherfucker throws up on me, like, I'm leaving. Like, yeah. <laughs> because the two actors didn't communicate with each other very much during recording at all. Uh-huh. And so they didn't start to really talk until months after recording. Yeah, um, it goes back to the weather shit. Like, they were just so exhausted from being there. Right. They just couldn't hang out because they were like, fuck this. I'm going to go rest. Right. Wow. Yeah. The It's interesting how they got in touch with Eggers. Like, his, so he made The Witch, right? If, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. 2015, yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. And so Pattinson and and Defoe saw The Witch, and they both reached out to Eggers directly, and they were like, we want to work with you. We don't care what the thing is, basically. And so they all just came together for this, basically this movie. There was a little bit of, like, choosiness. Like, I think it was Pattinson or someone that was like, I don't want to make a movie about a magical lighthouse. Like, I want it to be about somebody who goes insane, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, originally when when uh, Eggers was like, "Okay, Pattinson wants to work with me. Here's a couple of things that I'm working on." And Pattinson was like, "These aren't weird enough." Like he straight up was just like, "I want it fucking really weird." And so Eggers and his um Robert Eggers and his brother Max Eggers were had been working on this period piece and they were like, "This is this is the one for for Pattinson." And it huh. worked out. Yeah. yeah these are amazing from both of them. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I guess we could get into it right away. Just performances. I Robert Pattinson's great. I think it was. I think it kind of sucks for him that he is known for Twilight because he's so much bigger than that. Um, for sure. But in this in this movie, man, the the spotlight for me was completely on Defoe. I was just enthralled with his performance. Con- even comparatively speaking, I was like, Defoe is killing it every time he's on scenes. His monologues are just like in your face and like delivered so well. His pirate accent, like his like, (laughs) you know, that accent that he does is perfect, you know? Yeah, I think it would have been really hard for anybody else to play that role. But the like counterbalance between Pattinson's character of being like a more reserved person, I think he did that really well. And even... You know, it's good to know that he actually was belligerently drunk in those scenes because he fucking seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> the dancing and the slurring, I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Even the way his like tone of voice would change. Like you know that you've met people who do that when they get drunk and Yeah. I you know, it feels like he's just acting really well, but some it, of his it, like <laughs> like what was what was the accent? It was like old English Bostonian. So it was a like his I his was it was uh, an accent from like Maine from the ninth or eighteen no nineteenth century Maine, mm-hmm. and I'm like I think that's why it's difficult because everyone knows what like a seafarer sounds like or like a pirate sounds like yeah right. and so that's why I say Defoe nailed his accent so well because we know what it's supposed to sound like Pattinson's it's like I don't know what the fuck yeah it's 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 weird and time. then he doesn't and then he doesn't yeah. like talk through like most of it until he's like until he gets tempted by the alcohol. But I don't, okay, yeah. going back to Defoe's thing, but even uh, Robert Pattinson's character kind of calls him out on being kind of like, 
caricature and that's kind yeah, of he calls like him a parody yeah he calls he literally calls him a parody that's what he says and and like i thought that too i was kind of like i don't know the the beginning scene like there's like fart jokes and stuff and i'm like what is this and then like <laughs> r like the fucking voice is like there right away yeah. and i was i don't know i wasn't i wasn't there immediately i'm i'm gonna have to say okay you know i and i wasn't either I, it feels like from what i've said so far that i'm just completely like look yeah this movie i yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. taken by it either at all the first the first mm-hmm. watch even this, what i had to i was like do i have to watch this movie again i didn't want to i no, i think and, you have to because well shit yeah. like even with the oh, the monologues like holy fuck like i i know some of you got did you everyone watch this with subtitles right <laughs> like you I have finally to. got to watch I it with subtitles you have time. to because yeah. you're just like what is going on he's saying so many words so quick and so eloquently like in that like moment orders and stuff. yeah like it's yeah, just it's like fair. so it, it's like so intense and and I think I, yeah. I definitely could have uh, benefited from a second viewing. So yeah, there's a lot of oh, lies and a lot of apostrophes. <laughs> I think yeah, true. I think you need to watch this movie like a hundred times. Like, <laughs> really? Because yeah. there's so many details here. I was going to say yeah. that I watched it twice, and I could I could use another ten views to really yeah. understand this movie. I because um, we watched it in the theater. I didn't. You know, there's no subtitles. But the I read the script like a few months later. Um, because that monologue that Defoe gives is like real powerful and it's a big deal. And so I read through a lot of that stuff, but yeah, watching it with subtitles, it just made a huge difference. Like yeah, I, sure. I definitely need a few more views with subtitles and maybe without too, just to get like the full atmosphere. Maybe once or twice in LSD. Um, yeah. So a movie kind of opens up. We are introduced to both the characters and, Seven minutes. I think it's at the seven and a half minute mark is when we get our first um, dialogue between the characters, which is like a lot. You know, it says a lot. They just they I think this movie really, really relies on the cinematography, the lighting, you know, the the weird aspect ratio that they're using, um, which I don't know is is they're all great. Right. But I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting um uh, what so do you mean relies on I, I because i think the i don't know I, I i don't know how to explain this really i think like the the writing is, is really good but like james was kind of saying your first watch through you're like this is kind of weird and cheesy and like you know so i don't know if it did if it didn't have all of those other things like would the writing be like mm-hmm. this is stupid you know like if it didn't have I mean, all of those other things that were really pulling it along. Yeah, I think it really depends on your like background in, you know, where you are in terms of being versed in like certain things that are like baked into mythology and certain things that are like, like a lot of the inspiration here came from like surrealism paintings from like really long time, you know, a really right. long time ago. Huh. Um, you know it, it's basically a movie just full of reference and like it Simple is enough. references yeah. yeah and it's 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 like allegorical in a lot of ways yeah. and I, I mean i guess there's no better time to jump into this than now is again after i watched it the first time i was like really that was it and then i was like i have to know more about this movie which is a good sign i was like i need to understand why this is a big movie why i need to know more about yeah. it so i just i read a couple of articles just kind of about the symbol symbolism 
and it really touches into like Greek mythology. Um, so I don't know how much reading you guys did up on this, but the characters represent are pretty obviously representing two Greek gods, um, Prometheus and Proteus. So Prometheus would be uh, Ephraim's character and Proteus would be Thomas. Um, and yeah, we can kind of keep touching back in on that, but it's just something that that I noticed. I was like, oh, this is way deeper than my stupid mind can understand than what <laughs> I remember from ninth grade social studies or language arts. So there's a lot there <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and, and that's, you know, I think that's kind of the point is like, the movie was not made to give you answers, but it was made to have you questioning, right? Yep. Yeah. And that's like well, the beauty of this. And, yeah. you know, it, it, I mean, it goes into so much, right? Like even the the script says, you know, there's a line in the script that's like, we see a lighthouse, it resembles an erect penis. Like this <laughs> yeah. is just verbatim out of the script, right? Yeah. It's like a yeah. lot, right? Yeah, yeah, like the there. I mean, there's and there's a lot that was cut out that was like supposed to go deeper down that rabbit hole. A literal erect penis was cut out. Yeah, like, and I, when I read that and I watched it again, I think I, you remember that scene where there's it's a shot of the lighthouse and it's kind of like turning. It's like turning back up to its side. I think that might have been. It was supposed to be a cut match to, the lighthouse and then to an erect penis. And I think it was <laughs> that shot and then <laughs> that literally the, yeah. the, no, the studio like that would have been too literal for this movie the studio yeah, said you can't out. have you if you're gonna we're gonna let you do it in this ratio and in in this scale you can't have that like we can't because we can't have it be an nc-17 rating like Meanwhile, or whatever James rating it would Eagle be. just throws his dick out like no <laughs> well, so yeah. they wanted I think bare dick or like not I, or like cloth dick i think he wrecked it because I think there's a difference in movies. Like they'll allow flaccid penises, but like once it's erected, it's like, oh Jesus Christ! Like that I was going to joke What about half fluffed? Because that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason Siegel knows the ways to twist it. So the half fluff, yeah. Catch our episode yeah. on uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall that we did, and we talked a lot about penises and about <laughs> we're back again. <laughs> and we're here again. Oh man! Yeah. Hopefully not to stay. Um, but yeah, so going back to like how this movie makes you think and it's not like gonna give you all the answers you want like this is the kind of shit that i like seek out like this is the kind of stuff that i just want to watch always it's stuff that at first it doesn't make sense and once you think about it you're like oh wow this could be this and this and like it's like the greek mythology thing like that's like one thing but like there's so many other theories and themes that people oh, yeah. bring up that it's just like yeah i love this kind of stuff that's just this open-ended Right. And that's, yeah, open-ended is a good good way to mark it. Like, there's no right answer, right? You can take yeah. this however you want to take however it. However you want, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It kind of, like, it uh, like Jordan Peele's movies are like that, you know, like, like, Get Out. You're just like, there's not really a whole lot of answers. Like, there's a lot of for interpretation. Like, in this movie, there's theories out there that um, Ephraim and Thomas are the same person. That's what that, I thought when yeah. I first watched it. Yeah, yeah. that is like it's this weird alter ego or this weird side of himself, which and and to touch on what James said in the beginning, where it's just like you're a character and it's like, well, maybe, right? Maybe yeah. it's this like yeah. interesting yeah. or complex crazy side part of or something. Well, isn't in the in the script um they don't have names, it's just old and young, right? Oh. That was um 
for the it might have been in the script i think that's right but they also did that for people who couldn't hear very well that watch the movie in theaters they have like the little pad mm. or whatever that they use oh that was how they differentiated the characters talking oh really oh, before they said oh. their names or what because yeah. we don't learn their names until mm. like two-thirds through the movie no I think, I, I, I think i saw a video when they're doing the what 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 and they were <laughs> yeah. they yeah um it's I, in the script it, that way too in, it yeah. probably is yeah, yeah I, I think it's that way in both it's, what's weird is the subtitles in on amazon don't do that yeah yeah but they name them yeah Ephraim right away so, yeah, yeah. Even after he admits that he lied, it still says Ephraim. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that his name is Thomas as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I think uh, a notable scene for me is the, I think it's kind of the first conversation where they're sitting at the dinner table and they're kind of having their first, the first dialogue. And you notice right away that Ephraim's really reluctant to drink. And we learn later that it's not because he doesn't really like to drink. He enjoys the sauce for sure. But there's like that old saying and something that kind of Thomas brings up is, you know, a man who doesn't never trust a man who doesn't drink because it means he's got something to hide. And watching it the second time, you're like, oh, this is his this is Ephraim's reluctance to drink is because he really does have something to hide. Right. Yeah. But then why does he tell him not to tell him about his problems? He doesn't want that baggage, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to. Why did you spill your beans? <laughs> <laughs> your beans. Yeah, shout out to uh, Ephraim, a fellow fumbler, man, you know? I mean, bo yeah. both of them, oh. really. You know, this is a great movie to drink to, probably. I know, I, I need to make another Dark and Damn. But that fucking drink they make at the end once they run out. It's like tarantine yeah. and honey, apparently. That's Thieves oil. Calls. Thieves oil, yeah. Thieves oil. <laughs> Shit. It's like a real like thing people would do, I guess. Well, what the yeah, hell were we doing with this? We need to get some... <laughs> it probably damages your fucking brain. Too. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. It's pure poison. Yeah. 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 I'm supposed to drink turpentine, James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe honey, then. Maybe. No, it's like, uh, um, yeah, and, and also pretty early on, we, we start to see kind of this... The symbolism, the the hints at the mermaid, where he finds it before any dialogue even happens, he finds it in his mattress, and it was weird when I first watched it. I was like, "Is that his?" And I was like, "Well, it can't be because he just got there." And then, so it's the the guy, or it's Thomas's old partner's whittled mermaid, right? That he has stashed in the in the bed the mattress, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah uh, Ephraim takes a liking. To this mermaid kind of a lot <laughs> really weird just very very weird fun facts uh the very first scene that they shot was robert pattinson's masturbation scene which wow. <laughs> the i don't know but one of them let's uh, get it which, out of the way boys come on it's <laughs> an interesting thing i mean they're just rolling up on like all right uh so here's where we are I mean, obviously, they read the script and everything at the point, but... And then the second day, they record um, Ephraim burying Thomas alive. Oh, yeah. So that was the second day uh, of yeah. recording. So it's like, holy shit, they, they started with the heavy hitters right away. Yeah, I heard a few interviews of Willem Dafoe, like, that was a shitty day of work, basically. Oh, fuck <laughs> like, yeah. They did, like, two or three cut like takes of that, and he was just like... That was awful to do. So Taryn, you so you read? I was I didn't I wanted to, but I, like, is, is it just real dirt that he's going just going into his mouth and stuff? Like, 
Yeah, dude. It's what's so gross Ooh. is he doesn't like spit it out. He just chews on he it chews on and like, it. swallows it probably. Like savagery. That's just uncomfortable. Savagery. <laughs> oh man, I was oh. like, I need a glass of water for this guy. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> or maybe some turpentine to throw <laughs> Um Yeah, so Mermaid comes in pretty early and it's kind of an interesting thing. Pretty shortly after, I think, after their dinner, they uh, you have Ephraim walking out to the ocean. He's like seeing um, Thomas being really weird up in the lighthouse and kind of defensive about it. And I thought it was a really cool scene. One of my favorites is where he's walking out into the water, where he sees the logs start to kind of mm -hmm. move in towards the shore. Mm -hmm. And my first watch, I was like, I was like, are these like alligator? What what are these like sea creatures? What the hell is this? This is the ocean, this isn't it? And then he sees that body and. Before you know it, he's like up to his mouth with in the water. Like it's just that's I think that's the first real instance where we're just like what where it bends and it like plays with like what is really happening? What it, okay. what is reality? Do we do we as the audience know? No, yeah. we don't. <laughs> so I thought that was the, cool. The logs, you know, a call out to his former profession. Yeah. 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 And the the shot, I think it's in the same sequence where it shows the siren for the first time underwater is that, mm. is that right that's in the same the mermaid, yeah he goes yeah. underwater and, and that's what tricks him right yeah yeah initially he sees the of like a floating body on the top mm. and he kind of goes towards it and then he submerges underwater and sees the the mermaid you know, dude siren. that is such a cool shot oh, dude, oh, so, so nice the noise oh yeah, yeah that's so cool the sound in this movie is amazing it's, it really uh, is. Yeah, I wanted to shout out the foghorn at the beginning in theaters, dude. That was so loud. So fucking loud. It was cool. Yeah, I remember watching that. I mean, just, well, I remember last Tuesday. When I was watching it last Tuesday, um, <laughs> just, I was like, God, I have to turn my sound down. I was watching it like midday, but I was like, I'm going to piss off my neighbors. Like, this foghorn is <laughs> blaring. Yeah. yeah, I cranked it way up today. I was like, I need to hear this. Yeah. Nice, nice. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I let's let's kind of talk about the lighthouse and the the physical lighthouse and Thomas's um, you know jealousy over it and protection and just his emotion to it. James, I kind of want to take this to you. Like watching this the first time, I don't know how much you really researched about this, but. How are you feeling just about like the overall lighthouse and like about Thomas's character kind of going into it? Is it cheesy? Is it like does it make sense? Is it is he a crazy person? It it makes sense. I mean, he's he's been doing this for so long and and it's it's just very interesting to see how he goes from like this very charming, I'm talking about Defoe's character. He's very charming and he's able to make a joke and then all of a sudden he's like really abusive towards him. Yeah. And he's very protective over his light, like and and, right. and, and his yeah. his job there. And it's I don't know. It's it's weird. It it I think all what it what what whatever um theory you adopt, like that's where it takes you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting where you, you touch on like how he's charming at one point, but he kind of snaps and he goes into this crazy fucking mode. Mm -hmm. It kind of touches on what I was bringing up earlier about the Greek gods. So Thomas's character more so representing Proteus, 
which is the Greek god of changing weather or changing like of ocean tides and stuff. So you just see how quickly that he can go from one thing to another, like just instantly, like mm -hmm. where there's a scene where they're just talking and shooting the shit. And then um, Ephraim brings up that he doesn't like Thomas's cooking and he just snaps and just yeah. completely goes on one of his three or four like powerful fucking monologues about how his how Ephraim's damned and gonna be murdered by Poseidon's try to like all of this crazy <laughs> shit and it's over his cooking. It's yeah. like narcissism. You know, yeah, yeah narcissism. You I like love... my crabs. <laughs> what yeah. did you say? I yeah, love to be uh... lobster. <laughs> <Me> lobster. <laughs> Which okay, so I read that I think Defoe might have said this, or maybe somebody else, that that is supposed to be like a euphemism, a euphemism for his wiener or something. Lobster? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Okay. Go, go, go down right. that rabbit let's, hole. Yeah, like, let's, let's get down into this rabbit hole. Like, there's a whole, there's a whole theory of, like, them being lovers. Like, honestly, when they were dancing and... and yeah. And uh, Ephraim was right up in Thomas. They were about to kiss, were they not? They were. 100%. Like 100%. Realize, they put up their fisty cuffs. <laughs> They're like, what the cuffs? No, yeah. so like, like I think, like, and that's and that's the thing is like, um, Pat, Pat, Patterson? Patterson, uh, Pattinson, yeah. Pattinson's character, he even, he even calls him out like, this is, this is your fault because you're so charming in one way. And then you're this and that the other way, like he he like literally takes offense to him, like. Well, and and it's so weird. The compliments Pattinson constantly. Like you have eyes like a lady. <laughs> you're pretty as a picture, right? right? Yeah. There is this like sexual tension, but there's also this like father son thing where like Pattinson wants to be a guy who works hard for his senior, you know. But I, there's like so many layers of just like. Yeah. But I think, I think it's like exploring like what it means to like be a dude in like. Yeah. And <laughs> having relationships to other dudes. Yeah, like, I, it's it's, it's about. I think it's about <laughs> him. You know, he literally is running away from who he is, and whether or not like it might be that he is a homosexual. I don't know if that's like the the very verbatim thing that it is, but he he literally left his his past behind him because he can't face it and then i think i think the old man is him who's already stepped to the light that's why he's there like he's already that's why that's why he can accept who he is that's why he can see the light because he knows who he is sexuality. yeah he's, yeah and and i think i i think they're the same person but for some reason, because Pat, I'm going, I, I'm going like too deep into it. Patterson oh, kills no, the perfect kills himself. He kills himself, right? He kills himself because he couldn't accept it. Went to try to see the light, and he is suffering forever, being picked wow. by the seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I got from it. I was like, I, I was really hung up on like that that underlying homoeroticism and, and their relationship like i was like whoa i was like there's something there like i was like what is going on here and that's what i was like that's really good it was that was what was like the most like interesting that. for me but <laughs> yeah the the uh you know 
I can totally see that, I guess. I, I've heard the theory of them being the same person, but I never really looked at it in that way. <clears throat> Dude, yeah, because um, at the end, or not, I guess at the end, he's like, uh, Willem Dafoe's saying, like, he had a wife and kids, but he left because, like, he couldn't accept right. it or whatever. Like, that's matches well, up. That's cool. He, he, yeah, he left because he was 13 Christmases at sea. His wife, you know, couldn't yeah. deal with him being away mm -hmm. so much. But maybe that's why he was at sea so much, because yeah, yeah, he was exactly. rejecting his true self. Awesome. And... Anyway, sorry, Jim, yeah. cut you off. No, no, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Well, okay. Uh, just to tie it back to how we were talking about how he's like the the god or, or whatever of things changing, the ocean tides changing, stuff. Right. There's yeah. a line where he is mentioning like the weather's change, right? And Pattinson says something, and he's like, "If you think that was rough or whatever, that was just a mild like that was a mild breeze. You need to see it for what it is, because what's coming is much worse, essentially, right?" Mm -hmm. And that's like where the movie really turns. But of course, they have so this scene. It's if if you remember it, it's it shoots up to the lighthouse, right? It goes past, and there's the the like wind direction thing, right. and yeah. the arrow just like goes crazy, right? And then just like stereotypically comes to a halt go in yeah. the complete opposite direction and that reminded me of the ring like a lot oh, the, the ring with those that video or oh. even scary movie where they parody the this right. video <laughs> it was like so much that that i like had to laugh in some parts of this yeah. movie because i couldn't get that in my head but mm -hmm. uh yeah that's interesting that you you bring up the change thing because you know right when that happens he says that about the the, the weather changing and, well and the thing the thing that that tick that launches that is him killing the seagull that's yeah. what happens mm -hmm. right before that because thomas is warning ephraim that seagulls are sacred you can't kill them because they are they have the souls of uh, sailors, sailors who have who have met their maker yeah. is and, and there's that one there's that single one-eyed seagull that keeps harassing ephraim's so character kills, yeah. running on all of his errands and it's which is so god this there's so many this movie is like almost begging to be like a real horror movie but it's not and like yeah. part of me wants it to be like there's yeah. there's shots where he's going to um the the water watering hole whatever that that hole is where the water is where they do the well and there's that dead seagull in there or even before that when he's he pours that whatever that is into that hole and he starts mixing it with that Oh yeah, it's so creepy. And then there's that swirling action that happens, and like yeah. it's it focuses in on that, and you're like, a fucking face is gonna come out of that. <laughs> Something is gonna happen. Yeah. It's like it's constantly teasing you that this is like there's. But more... I but I feel like it does it better. Like it doesn't need to right. be like that scary. Like but it is. Yeah. It something is very unsettling. Generally yeah, watching this movie, like you're. That's why I'm like, damn, you watched it again. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to watch this again, like for a while. Like, I don't know. It goes, back, it goes back to not giving you the answers. Like, we're going to mm -hmm. zoom in on this thing, and then that's it. It's like, yeah. The one eyed seagull is interesting. Do you think the one eyed seagull is the old keeper, the old assistant who also had one eye? Oh, I, I didn't, mean, I didn't know. Was I, that, well, I, his body was floating and he did, he was missing an eye, huh? Yeah, and he yeah. says, like, I saw your old assistant, the one His I had in the monster cage. Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah. mentions them having one eye. Yeah, I, I remember watching it the first couple times and not recognizing, or, like, if I should recognize the head that's in that lobster cage or whatever. So I didn't, like, think about that too much, but at the end, 
when Robert Pattinson is laying, being pecked on the fucking rocks or whatever, his eye is just pecked out, and I was like, is that still him? Like, what the fuck? Like, is yeah. that all, like, it's like this cycle of, like, just yeah, this it's guy? Oh. Like, I don't know. It's, right, and then, and then he kills people... himself again. <laughs> right the, the seagull seemingly trying to get in again to bring it back like trying to get in the way of, of ephraim's chores like like jay was kind of mentioning is that the old assistant and is that a warning right and that's kind of the thing that that we get into is like who should be afraid of whom right because yeah. like who is the danger because ephraim is a, a murderer he's he killed right. somebody and that's the past that he's running from but also thomas's character he is mad. He is obsessing over this lighthouse that is, you know, so it's like, it's, it's an interesting kind of thing where you don't know who is crazy, you know, and yeah, the, and maybe it, they both are like right, they're having a shared, you know, craziness. Man, episode of... And towards the end there, I, I was like getting lost where he was like, Oh no, like we've been here. We've been stuck here this many days. This has happened day, so many times. Yeah, yeah, and like I was like, what the fuck? I was like, who? What? What the? What like what? Real? Like yeah, what is like what I, is he going? Like it, like the alcohol is that fucking much? Well, like they have been fucked up like this long. Like he literally cannot remember like days days from weeks. You know, right? That's the point that that Thomas gives more credit to the theory that they are the same person, where Thomas is questioning his own reality like or like he's questioning his own existence so he's he tells ephraim am i real are you still in northern canada or are you still in in near canada walking around babbling to yourself or walking around babbling yourself oh, yeah. snow up to your hips uh going crazy yeah. over you know hypothermia or whatever and that's you know and and it's kind of the same thing where he says have we been here one day five weeks and you don't yeah. know because every it, the movie's kind of in ephraim's perspective like from a reliable narrator absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. i really so, i am sorry to take this back but i really like this idea that the seagull is the old assistant i love it too like, it, it it plays back into the like constantly seeking affection to thomas getting his approval right even in death you're getting in the way of the new assistant because you want to be in that spot Oh, are you sure. trying to warn him or something? Or a warning. Like a, could be a warning, sure. Right. But yeah. who, who warns from whom, right? That's kind of the thing, too, that I was touching on. But... Yeah, it's crazy, man. And That's... he and, and maybe he had to kill to get to the top. That's what it is. It's like... Literally. <laughs> Ephraim is, is just down to kill to see the light. Down to kill. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there, it's, it's another movie about obsession, you know? There's a lot true. of movies about obsession, but this is a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and about um, isolation. Like, that's a really big theme here is being yeah. alone. I mean, it's, it's funny. And part of me feels like this is, in a weird way, a fitting movie of, for the time we're living in, in 2020, where part of me was just like, this could, this could be like flipped in some silly sitcom about two new roommates who are who just moved in together during coronavirus quarantine where like they just like <laughs> at each other's throats and it's just like because that's what it is they're like trying to be you know uh, civil with each other but and sometimes they are and sometimes they blow up on each other and there's they don't know each other very well and and then they're stranded together so yeah. I was like, man, let's let's pitch this, guys. <laughs> cool. Yeah. 
we'll do all the same stuff. Prometheus, Proteus, the whole nine. Yeah. It's just coronavirus. And call, it, yeah. call it the Loft House. <laughs> the Loft House. Science of it. Oh, boy. Yeah, all right. Um, and so... It's hard know, not to jump around in this movie. Yeah. That's what I'm it, realizing. Yeah, and it, it really is. Because it's, a, it's, a it's a little slow in, in parts. I think some of the, the scenes take a while. So, I mean... This, see, that's interesting. Okay, I want to talk about that. Because when I saw it the first time, like, and then was away from it for a long time, and then I was thinking about the movie before I saw it again, and I was like, yeah, I just remember it being really slow. Like, parts were slow. But when I watched it, I think it's really well paced. Like in yeah, the first thirty minutes, you're getting into the shit. Yeah, and yeah. It's I think it's just I think because... some of the shots are long though, right? A little bit for sure. Yeah, there's a lot I... of uh, establishing like waves crashing and storms. Sure. And stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it all adds, you know, to it. But I think mm -hmm. the pacing wise, like I think maybe because, you know, it's essentially the same location the entire movie. Maybe that is what makes it feel like. Oh uh, yeah, it's dragging. And there's bit, only but... there's only th two characters, right? Besides exactly. besides the other two that you the see, mermaid and the mermaid, the mermaid, the guy he killed, and then the ec the, the other the old assistant. So it's five, yeah, five, five, right. five people. The the it, it it in my head I thought it was going to be a lot slower, but in reality, like the context of things moves really quickly a lot quicker than i remembered so in, in that aspect it felt like it was paced really well and it's not like a terribly long movie it cuts out at like an hour 40 or something yeah yeah right. um mm. but it, it felt pretty good to me yeah i remember watching it in theaters i was like this movie feels long as hell oh really yeah and then watching it this morning i was like oh no it's not that it's bad. pretty good yeah yeah, it's pretty yeah. Good. i agree with that it's just I think it's a very draining movie. Just just the what the fuckness and the tightness of the shots and, of it. Yeah, and, and the, the, the bleak colors and you're just kinda like fuck. Yeah, dude. It's kinda <laughs> so like I've what said the this fuck? about The Witch, the other movie that he's done, that it in to my to my brain, the witch sounds and feels or not sounds, looks and feels how an Opeth album sounds <laughs> yeah. feels. That's always the way I would describe yeah. that movie. Uh -huh. This also does that for me. It gives yeah. me the same kind of vibe. It's like creepy old timey. Yeah, who don't know, Opeth like, is a progressive metal band and they have the music that puts you into this kind of bleak vibe of It's like creepy but beautiful. And right. it's very atmospherical. <laughs> and poetic. I mean yeah, this movie poetic. is there's, this movie is like very poetic, like just the monologues that happen where mm -hmm. there's so much flowery, flowery language in the character's words, specifically in, in Thomas, Thomas's words where, God, I mean, and, and just the emotion that, that you feel from specifically from Thomas, the, one of the monologues where he goes on where he's talking about how Ephraim didn't clean the, the floors right and how you, you pull every plank out and lick every nail clean from rust and then do it, <laughs> put it back and then do it over 10 times again and be do it with a smile because he ends. Because you like it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, whew, it, but it's, it's, God, people don't talk like that, right? But I don't even think in the 1890s they did. 
necessarily, but mm-hmm. just the the poetry that's in this and the emotions. Man. Yeah, I read that uh, Defoe asked them to tune it down even a little because he wow. was like, you guys, this is too much. Like, he was, yeah. some of the monologues, he was like, y'all need to cut this shit down because this is Because I felt that watching funny. it. I was like, yeah. this is a little yeah. much. He just yeah. didn't clean the floors as well as you thought. Like, <laughs> right. And, and I think Robert Eggers and maybe both of them um, admitted like, yeah, we went down a rabbit hole with the character of wake like we spent a lot of time writing these crazy ass monologues because they love the idea of this guy yeah yeah Yeah, i remember Um, reading uh even for the witch like both of these movies robert eggers would take almost maybe not like full sentences but like just the way that people would talk from like old journals and stuff from those time periods and like he was super strict about it in this movie he would make him do like lines over again. It's like, no, you need to say this sentence faster than the like, yeah, or something. I like, saw that too, where he was like, yeah. the second sentence in this paragraph, you need to say 75% faster because yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. they were. It's just like, oh, uh, what? He's real do... precise about those accents. Oh, yeah. That's Which interesting. I love about The Witch, too. Yeah. It's so good. Both of his movies are like period piece, you know, type things, which is interesting. Um, I think in the thing that I was reading, Defoe called Eggers a obsessive uh, researcher. That's how he labels him. Like, he's just super into that stuff. I mean, the story itself, right? It's based off of something called The Tragedy of the Smalls Lighthouse. I think it literally is two lighthouse wikis who were literally both named Thomas. Like, that was a real thing. Mm -hmm. One of them dies and the other goes mad, I think. Yeah, and it kind of you know he he pulls a lot from historical events and i mean in in the witch like yeah it's it's it looks like the times it looks like that you know era and it's the same thing here like he you know he i mean we, we've talked about how movies are like a way like a portal to another world right or a way to thrust you into this this world this environment and he has done that amazingly well in both of his yeah. movies and yeah. so, like, anything he does after this, I'm there because it's, yeah. you know, even if it's not even going to be that good, like, the atmosphere alone is enough to make me, like, well, I'll go check it out. You What's the I budget know? on this bad boy? Ooh, that is a good question. <sighs> that's a good Why are you looking for that? His next movie is... Has... How much? Oh, no, that's... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That is not the budget. Four million. Four million. Four million? Four million. Yeah. Nice. Um, go, go ahead, Terry. What were you going to say? Uh, his next movie, that's on hold, obviously, but is a similar time period thing, but in like, uh, like Viking times, <laughs> like oh, in nice. Europe or whatever. Seventh century, maybe. Yeah, and like, Willem Dafoe's gonna be in that too, and there's some other actors I don't remember, but hmm. that nice. sounds fucking cool. Yeah, no, Eggers. I think I think he is going to be kind of the one who sets the stage for period pieces like in in our futures where he's done too phenomenally well i think so far like with witch i i honestly think i haven't um, watched the witch i don't really know i think the witch is better i think the witch might be i like the witch more too yeah Yeah. that's really the witch is but it's more horror than this yeah i was gonna say comedic and stuff it's a different feel Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe why I like The Witch more because it delivered on some of the horror that I feel like we wanted in this movie. Um, but you know, that's it's a different movie. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, so, you know, he's like, he's in this space that I think like the equivalent to him is like the old days where Kubrick was, you know, like, you know, some of these more like directors that kind of have like such a good vision, a solid vision of what they want to accomplish, what they want to ultimately release. It's a little bit less collaborative in that way, right? Like we're talking about like he wants these like redos of these lines to be faster, things like that. Yeah. But it's because he has such a strong idea of here's the thing that needs to come out of this. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that like with Kubrick and with, uh, you know, even Coppola, you know, um, I, these like kind of auteur directors that Don't they, know for an answer kind yeah, of they know what they're going to do and they're going to fucking do it. And you yeah. can't really persuade them. I mean, think Gordon Ramsay to take it to a different field entirely. He's such an asshole and so passionate because he wants things done a specific way. And yeah. like you see that in greatness where they know what perfection is and they know how to get there. Right. And I think like, you know, we're we're seeing Eggers become this. You could argue that he is this, right? But I think even he doesn't believe that he's there yet because he's only made two feature movies, right? Like he's sure. maybe he has some shorts, maybe he has some other smaller things, but like his track record so far is pretty damn good, but it's just not yeah. very long. So let's see where he goes. But I'm super excited to, to keep up with him. And I don't really think there's anybody else like him. Like in our generation, you know, he's not, how old is he? He's 37. So he's yeah, not so. very old. Like he's less or 10 years, roughly nine years older than us. Like, yeah, he's just getting started, I think. And uh, I don't really, I can't really say anybody else comes to the top of my mind in the same way that he does in this level. What I want to talk about, so to kind of stay on the same thing of A24 is Ari Aster. Um, yeah. Another really young up and coming director who also has very two complete bangers of movies that Maybe you're like, is in that category. I want to see more Ari Aster. I think more so than I want to see more Robert Eggers. Not, not that I don't want to see that's, um, that's poorly put. Sure, I sure. love both of these directors. Um, I think I've been more blown away by Ari Aster's films, specifically He's Midsummer. Thirty-three. Yeah. Ari so. Astros? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think these two directors are like, and Jordan Peele actually are like yeah, the yeah, horror Peele. guys yeah. going forward. Like these are the horror movies I want to watch. I don't watch fucking cheesy ass slasher shit. Like this is the kind of stuff. Or gore. Yeah. It's not really even so much slasher like from the '80s, where it's more of just like. How gory can we make a movie? Maybe that's a little bit more 2010s, like 20, you know, early mid or early 2000s kind of thing. But now it's like, let's and really get horrors. Let's get back into psychological thrillers. Yes. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. really go into that. Totally. Speaking of psychological thrillers, the um, similarity between The Shining, I think we, oh, yeah. we should just jump right into this. Just the Danny, where he's chasing him with the axe, or you have Thomas's Thomas chasing Ephraim into the house with the axe, and of course Thomas has a a, a, a false leg, and yeah. he's you know chasing with that lid, <laughs> yeah. and then it just it ties in these old elements of psychological horror and and of uh, the the similar theme about isolation, right? Because it's the same yeah. thing, in the show, wow, yeah. which was such a cool thing that I I think it wasn't a central theme to like let's pay so much homage to the sure. shining but it was like let's just tilt our hat to it and and, yeah. appreciate, and respect it. yeah it was good totally 
and they're definitely in the same lane, you know. Oh yeah. When he's chasing him to the house and he closes the door, I one hundred yeah, was like, waiting for it. I think we were. I, all for it. I was like, are they gonna do it? But no, I'm kind of glad they did it. But like, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. but you know that that's what it was, right? Like you. Oh, like, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Let's get reference without actually referencing. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well done. Well done for sure. For sure. I I want to talk a little bit, and I kind of wanted to talk about this at the beginning, but I totally forgot about it. You know, this is the first movie we've done from A24, which is an A24 is like a, a rare. It's a it's kind of a unicorn, right? Like, this is a production company that has a fan base. This yeah. is not a thing. Yeah. Like, this does not happen. Is it? I'm I'm new into film, so this is I, not common. Yeah, it's like I'm not a fan of fucking MGM You're not, or whatever the fuck. Excuse me, of of directors or of actors. Right. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, like yeah. directors yeah. and you know the members of, but. It's rare to be like, but what about like Netflix originals and stuff like that? I think we're seeing they just buy movies. I don't count that. I mean, that's what A twenty four does too. I know, right? It's the same thing. It feels more curated. It's curated. That maybe that's what it feels way more curated. there's a lot of really bad Netflix originals. Yeah, they're 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 not just buying anything. That they're not just buying anything. But there are a lot of when you when you see A twenty four, you're like, I'm in for a good fucking time. Exactly. Every time they manage, and it's not like they pigeonhole themselves into one genre. They have killed it across the spectrum. All I mean, I'm gonna make a bad statement. All of their movies are worth watching. Straight up, I agree. Quite a few of A twenty (laughs) four. I think I have only seen the two from Eggers and the two from Aster. So see, and that's like. It's horror centric, right? But right. there's so much more. Dude, there was like five just last just 2019 that came out. You that watched uh, Ex Machina, didn't you? Oh, I did. I did. Okay. Machina, yeah. Day 24. Right. I forget about that. There's a lot of great shit. A yeah. lot of great shit there. And they don't like, they chase the weird things. They chase the things that they like, you know, it's just a specific audience. It's like, they. it's people who want just more. They want a little bit more of that like art housey kind of film stuff. But it's still good, you know. They're getting into TV, and the TV seems yeah. like it's going well, and there's good shows out there. Uh, people are rocking like A24 merch. Like you don't see I that. I want to buy <laughs> their merch, but I'm like, do right? I like a douche with this one? I don't know. That's not what you want. You know, do. you know, there's like an entire like starter pack, like four white guys that get into film and are no yeah, uh, i already no. i already did it i was like because it was like four guys that get into movies and then they start calling them films after they watch yeah. a24 yeah, yeah. Like watch one a24 movie and start calling them films. yeah that's why, I haven't bought a fucking a24 that's why we're the film followers the film. <laughs> yeah watch oh my god oh, this. Oh, I love this. so that's not what i thought i got this for my birthday Reminded as I thought it was. Um, but this is a book that they make. It is The Witch. It's for Ooh. The Witch. It's nice. Basically, it's like a really well made uh, manuscript of the script itself. Mm-hmm. So you have the full uh-huh. script here. And then there's a few more sections with like interviews with uh, just stills from the movie, like still oh, shots. So cool, dude. Oh, that's um, what else do they have here? concept art like just a ton of stuff from the movies but it's like a beautifully made book it's like really nice you throw it on the shelf you got the a24 <laughs> you know you the A24, uh, is it too much there. is it too much yeah. I don't know. is it too oh, much dude. maybe it is so but maybe good. it's not it's, I know. it's art just, dude. no it's one else does that dude like why not 
I'm just be sure I'm to type in our coupon dick. code film fumblers. Um, <laughs> no, not a sponsor. Someday. No, not a not a sponsor. Would love to be. Um, <laughs> would love to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah Boy. I guess to take it back to the lighthouse with like the A24 has this like reputation of like being like these art house movies, like these nice artsy, prestigious things. Mm-hmm. Like this movie could so easily cross that and just be like pretentious and annoying but like it's not above making fart jokes which i fucking love like <laughs> it it just yeah. goes there you know yeah mm-hmm. which i you know what i thought was interesting I, I wanted to say at a certain point where if we didn't have robert pattinson and willem dafoe to at this point i mean willem dafoe is very established actor robert pattinson has definitely earned his rights if this movie had nobodies, it had new up-and-comers, would it have been as good? Would we have been able to take it as seriously with, with these types of really dramatic monologues? Or do we are we giving some leeway because that we know these actors are phenomenal? Uh, I don't think so, because I forget that they're who they are, like, immediately. <laughs> like, that's how good they're doing. Like, if okay. someone else did as good as a job as they did, then maybe... Or then I think it would be fine. But if they did like less, obviously. Yeah. Hmm. James, it looks like you had an opinion there. What? I don't know. I, I, um, I'm like free shrugs. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't really imagine anyone else doing it right now in, in the thoughts. Yeah. But, but to say that you don't see them, I don't know. I, every time I see William Defoe, I'm just like... I'm something of a scientist myself. Yes. I'm just always thinking he's the fucking green goblin. I don't know. That's just like, yeah, see, yeah. that's where I've been until this movie. You know, I'm like, oh, well, he, an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Well, to kind of contradict what, or not, to, to kind of, um, you know, touch on what I what I said about, like, does does them being big actors kind of give us leeway for it? If I go back into another A24 movie, Midsummer, where most of the actors in that movie aren't really like anyone very notable yet, um, I don't think that movie was necessarily cheesy at all. And I think that's, there's like some similarities between like it really, it was close to being really cheesy and it wasn't. So maybe, maybe it's just really well, like really, really well written and it, it kind of crosses that line regardless of who the actors are. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's the there's definitely the side of they're really well made. I think it yeah. would have been really hard to do this movie without Defoe. I think Pattinson, you maybe could have replaced it would have been really hard still. Because he's such a good fucking actor. But Defoe, if you didn't have him and it was some random guy, like he would have to be real, real strong. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go totally opposite. You probably could have done this movie with not. I'm not saying any actor, but you could have gotten some really good actors. But I think the style and the way it was presented artistically, if it was not done in that way, I don't think it would have worked at all. That's that, and and, that, and, and that's how I feel about most of the A24 movies. I feel like. The style actors, the, the, I, I think the style is, is really what sells it for me, mostly. But I feel like, mm. I, I feel like almost everything else is, falls off for me, Same. in a way. And, 
And James and I, I, I don't I don't even know how to like to like defend that statement what I'm saying there. But like no, but like no. I, I feel like just the style, like I you know, you guys know that I'm not a big midsummer fan, but I think the way it was filmed and everything like that was better than the acting and the and the dialogue, I thought. I don't know. Sure. I, I I think I had more appreciation for like the film yeah. and the style of it rather than and that's james that's like beautiful of like beautifully put for what i was bringing up in the beginning where i was saying like are they relying too much on this really weird aspect ratio and this really big grayscale and like and, this really artistic I style is that primary know. and then everything else secondary like is which is kind of what i was trying to say yeah you put it pretty well too and, and, and it's just like I think a lot of it is that we do kind of like the artsy fartsiness of this, where it's yeah. just, which is fine, right? Yeah, it's, totally. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um, other people besides the actors that make these things. Yeah, right? for sure. In my mind, all this stuff is connected. Yeah, and and and, and 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 one and yeah. and that's what's that's what's different about this movie, is that I feel like this is the first A twenty four movie. Well, no, okay, no, I'm not gonna say that. Um. This is the first horror movie that I've seen from A24 uh, that both things are almost in perfect balance for me. Mm -hmm. Acting and the stylization mm -hmm. are pretty well matched. I, yeah, I would agree with that. I like that. I thought we were about to box. Alright, let's... Uh, let's kind of go more towards the end of this movie where the really the big climax happens where um man it's the the you know we talked about the scene where thomas is being buried alive by ephraim and and like we are just so far away from what is reality we don't know we are we have an unreliable narrator right as terence said and yeah i mean so the murder scene, you know, like the where Ephraim finally kills Thomas. Dude, Thomas man. tries to kill him first, but he gets yes. chunked in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Thomas runs in. The lighthouse is mine. Is that what he says? Or like, she's the light mine. is mine, or something. The light yeah, is, mine. is mine. Which is interesting. He refers to the light as she and her, and right. like a wife that is yeah, better than like, his own wife. Here's my lady. Yeah, he says, like uh, you, beautiful. Yeah happens a lot is like this fight over who can be more masculine or whatever to win over the light or some shit because it's for like... sure <laughs> and there's a lot of that in there too and like... there's a lot of, of power struggle right i mean it's just like yeah. who's yeah. in who's in power who's in control and and even more blatantly with the dog you know sailors talk about dogs a lot you salty sea dog but um literally which this was one of the scenes where again first watch i was like this is super cheesy bark dog and you have yeah. defoe laying almost lifeless rough 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 and he barks he barks so much and i'm just like okay and then he literally bdsms his ass or like, <laughs> yeah. weird so weird. Yeah. right walks him out to the lighthouse to bury him where the rations were yeah yeah even like this latest it's time weird. that part was still like it's a little bit over the top, I think. But I, I, I think this this part goes back into my theory is that he finally gives into his his carnal nature, and he wants he wants himself to bark, 
and then he makes him bark <laughs> and he's em- and he's embarrassed that he makes him bark so he fucking tries to kill him lay his ass to rest yeah but it comes but, back again and then he's like I'm done. Got a fucking hatchet, <laughs> this fucker. The funnest character is definitely <laughs> more of the like instinctual, you know, like you know, does whatever comes to mind in an aggressive force. Yeah. And Pattinson is definitely the more like thinks a little bit more about things. I, and I can see that how they could be the same person. I'm 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 buying into that more and more. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is I don't think that there are any right answers. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. It's fun to there's think about. Really, there's a really cool shot before the murder scene where they're getting drunk for like the last time together, essentially, where like, you know, the the whatever it is, the lighthouse house piece starts getting flooded and all that shit. And they're sitting under the table, right? Yeah, right before the water crashes through. Yeah. And the axe is in the table. And it's above Thomas's head. Oh, wow. Oh, it? Yeah. It's like a little detail, a little bit of foreshadow. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he says something else that's basically he's telling us what happens. He's like, What are you gonna split my head open or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, Oh, I, he's like, I yeah. thought you would he's like I think he's saying like that he was gonna miss him. Thomas is saying that he was gonna miss Ephraim and he like at certain points he was worried about him splitting his head open. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, again go ahead, turn. I was gonna say another scene that kind of made it made me think that they're the same people is that weird ass where he's going up to the light or no he finds himself this is so confusing Robert Pattinson finds himself laying on the floor and he turns him over and it's him and then Willem Dafoe turns him around and like fucking screams light into his face (laughs) I forgot about that shit and he's just naked for some reason okay that is a painting it's called the hypnotist oh i remember it's from the sasha schneider he's a surrealist painter in the 1900s it's literally a recreation of that yeah. and there's almost no meaning otherwise like beautiful Eggers was like this is cool we should redo this <laughs> yeah the only difference is that in the in the painting it's the person getting hypnotized that's naked but in mm. the film uh, it's defoe we'll take yeah. a look at it in the after party one, one last yeah, thing we should I... definitely pull it up later one other thing that I want to kind of bring up is we didn't really touch on the Lovecraftian vibes in this movie, right? The yeah. fear of the unknown, right? The mm-hmm. the tentacles going on everywhere and like just how things are really, I don't know. And, and again, in, in like towards that, is it? No, it's, I guess it's before the death scene where it was pretty early and at the end. Right? Well, it does happen pretty early, but also mm-hmm. where, um, uh, Ephraim is is over uh, is is like standing over Thomas, and Thomas starts changing into all of these characters, and he changes mm-hmm. into this. He changes into the mermaid, which is again very looking you know, sexual. He turns into the thing with barnacles. It's like the god potentially Proteus. Proteus, yeah. And he turns back into himself, and it's just all of these different things where you're going through all of them mm-hmm. so quickly, and it's just like, what. I love um, that shit. I yeah. that is one thing I'll say. I wish there was more yeah. Lovecraftian. I was gonna stuff. say. I, I wish more, there was more. I think they held less. I think they didn't want to do too much on Lovecraftian. To kind and of... I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. Like when you start dragging tentacles through the screen. Yeah. You gotta show more than that. You know what you I mean? Do, yeah. well, well, you know, like you said, fear of the unknown. It's that whole playing with you know what could be i mean even right. the light itself is but like, this is know, all like 
this is all him going into that deep darkness kind of spiraling out of his head this is i don't i don't i could think that none of these things are real real you know these are just yeah. this, these are just his hallucinations that he he is a shapeshifter you know he has been trying to hide from his true self and he doesn't know what it is is he the mermaid is he is he the the octopus is he this or is he that like he's he's just always constantly changing who he is he doesn't know his like true self and so he keeps trying to find it he just can't he can't find it yeah no that that's i mean there's there's i I think what i love is that there's supporting evidence for every theory right Mm -hmm. and like that's what's really fun about this movie is like build your own adventure you know (laughs) where do you want to take this movie and and you'll find you'll find things for any any theory that you want to have um yeah, so Ephraim gets slashed in the shoulder by an axe by Thomas. Um, and then gets the axe and turns it right back around on Thomas and whack, completely obliterates him. Which is interesting because the scene where Ephraim is talking about the first time that he maybe killed somebody, um, he talks about how... In some ways, you're kind of thinking, like, is he actually talking to Thomas or is he talking to himself justifying actual Ephraim's death, right? Like, is he, and, and again, right after that, he says, all I all I knew after that is I wanted a cigarette. And right after he kills Thomas, he lights up a cigarette. And it's, and it's like, so he probably did kill the real Ephraim, right, in, in this kind of gruesome way. Yeah. And then he... Um, he gets the key, right? And then he heads up to the yeah. lighthouse. Oh man! All right, so let's let's just jump jump right in. Climbs the spiral staircase, which again, there's the shots, the cinematography of this this yeah. upward staircase, just so so well done. Um, he unlocks the latch to the the lighthouse, walks up, and peers into the lighthouse. The you know the lighthouse. Uh, orb and we as the audience don't see what's happening but you just hear this just shriek that it, like at first it's completely silent and then it kind of starts they just turn the volume up slowly to this just like ear piercing screech from from Ephraim's character and it's oh it's so fucking brutal yeah the way the white starts coming through all these different mm-hmm. places right. like in his mouth and stuff Mm-hmm. In theaters that shit was loud as fuck too. Dude. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. It's like hyper distortion in the sound. It's hyper distortion <laughs> in the picture. The exposure yeah. way up. Yeah. That shit was insane. Yeah. It reminds me of those fucking memes where it's just like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the ones that are they're called deep, deep, deep fried. Deep deep yeah. fried. <laughs> it's like the deep fried memes with the fucking yeah. ear penetration yeah. and yeah. that's all i could think of i was just like this is dank well, memes right here really <laughs> <I'm> sorry this <laughs> <laughs> is straight deep fried i was like whoa <laughs> the whole movie is just a deep give up two of those and the crying emojis yeah the flame emojis and the 100s oh, yeah um, Where's uh, all the flames so, in chat? <laughs> Ephraim uh, 
sees into the the orbit of the lighthouse and is overpowered by what he sees in the audience as Gideon doesn't know and and tumbles down the staircase of the lighthouse and the next scene that we see is which very much dives into the fact that uh, Ephraim's character is very largely based upon Prometheus and you have all of the seagulls picking at his body and and this just this almost lifeless I mean not lifeless because he's twitching and moving but all these seagulls picking at him and I think we would really be remiss to kind of just really lightly touch over the Prometheus's story is Prometheus is was a titan who basically created humans in his image and he had this kind of love for humans because he created them and I, I think it was Zeus who feared that humans were were going to be too powerful so Zeus took fire away from them Prometheus went back to the heavens captured fire which again fire the lighthouse you know what you will and brought it back down to the humans and Zeus was so pissed about it that he tied him to Mount Olympus and had an eagle eat his liver out of him alive every day and because Prometheus was a titan god he would grow his liver back every morning and the eagle would keep coming back Jeez. and so it's just I mean obviously they're very tying that into to that Greek mythology yeah. which again the first watch I was like what the fuck is <laughs> okay and then after kind of re you know going through that that Greek mythology and you're like oh there's so much here like mm -hmm, with yeah. the fire and the lighthouse and with and there's and... translations of the story of Prometheus that will use fire and light interchangeably and then light and knowledge interchangeably right. depending on right. the languages so oh, okay there's a lot of interesting stuff there, for sure. So that, that Ephraim was looking into infinite knowledge and couldn't handle it, right? Mm -hmm. Couldn't handle the infinite knowledge that he was seeing. Um, so, yeah, that about does it for... Uh, the, two more the, things. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah. We, there's still a couple more things to talk about, so let's let's get back into it. So, Taryn, what okay. else you got? Two more things about this last part. Another thing, I rewinded it because I was like, what the... Wait, when he falls, when he... Like falls out of the light room, whatever the fuck you want to call that. It makes like a cracking noise. I was like, did he break his leg? Like it looked like it bent backwards, and I was like, oh shit. Willem mm -hmm. Dafoe's leg is all fucked up. I was like, is this him? Blah blah blah. Like it just kept. Ooh. Oh, when he's reinforcing this. He's painting the lighthouse. Huh? Is that what you're... No, no, no. Just at the end here, when he's oh, screaming oh, dude, light out of his face, and he dude, falls. Me think, because when he's painting the lighthouse, the rope that he falls again. He falls before that when he's in the house. Yeah. And there's a good crack too. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, um, his, I thought his leg straight broke and then he falls down the fucking stairs or whatever. I was like, oh shit. But then um, when I first watched it, he's laying out on the rocks or whatever and it pans up and there's no lighthouse. I was like, he didn't crawl that far, right? Is Was there never a lighthouse? Like, what the fuck oh. is going on? Wow. <laughs> I was so confused the first time I watched it. I still don't know what the fuck that means. If it does mean anything. Mm. I don't know. Different angle or, yeah. yeah. So he was out in the tundra freezing and <laughs> just yeah. tripping. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I have one little weird fact, I think, that I, <laughs> we should talk about. The Mermaid's Vulva. Oh, which yeah. we talk about, was uh, based off of a shark's genitalia, which I yeah. thought was pretty interesting that 
because the mermaids like for example the starbucks mermaid has two fins which again kind of goes into like two fins being two legs right where you could fuck that mermaid but like this one is just like <laughs> most mermaids nowadays or just like you couldn't but yeah. they were like how are we gonna fuck this mermaid uh, basically yeah. right like so they study they had people study shark genitalia they had makeup artists create a prosthetic that was like you could they could move the anyway <laughs> they worked a lot on shark vagina well. <laughs> high quality high quality yeah um which is fun yeah a fun a fun little fact there um uh, go ahead Jim. i've got a, a few things here tying it back to a24 as like an entity that people enjoy uh so they did this whole thing over when covid kind of started um it's called the a24 auctions so basically oh, right. what these were were a series of movies that they would have where every couple of weeks they would start an auction for props and stuff that were used or made or whatever in those movies and you could buy them and own them and all the proceeds would go to benefit various organizations that were working to like help the the you know everything that was going on with covid um and so the the lighthouse had an auction uh they didn't do it for all their movies but this was one of the movies and the specific thing that it benefited was the food bank for new york city uh they helped get food to people who were quarantined that aren't able to get their own food to people who are affected economically to first responders people like that so some of the items that you could have bought in this auction you could have bought the light, the entire light on top of the light, yeah. the whole ass thing. Wow. The final bid there was $80,000 that Fuck. sold. And surprisingly, that wasn't the most expensive thing. Uh, the thing that was the most expensive that you couldn't have bought was the mermaid carving that wow. he jerks off to. Sold <laughs> for $110,000. Why? And it's probably like this big, like, I don't know, five inches. I'm not sure who bought it. I don't think it says. Okay. You could have bought, uh, I think this is uh, Robert Pattinson's hat. I mean, they both had the same kind of hat with the lighthouse on, on it, kind of like yeah. military-esque looking one. You could have bought Thomas's pipe, uh, Winslow's kind of clip hat, you know, those like old school golfer looking hats, whatever yeah. those are called. Uh, there was a lighthouse flag and then uh, Thomas's like rain hat the kind of wide brimmed one where he runs out and is like there's shit in the rations nice um, but yeah pretty cool stuff there and all yeah. of it sold and uh there is a ton of money for that stuff but yeah, it's awesome. for a good cause that's really good yeah i was just like imagine owning the whole ass light where would you even put that I like, know. <laughs> as far away as possible i wouldn't buy yeah, it top of your <laughs> house, just run it every night and can't, went, can't be looking at it Stand in front of <laughs> Don't break. Uh, the May Queen right. dress sold for sixty-five k. Did Ariana Grande buy that one? No. Yeah, she, she, did she wear that? Oh, she. I thought she wore that. Maybe it was a replica for her birthday. Yeah, she. Hey, she yeah. was the leading better, but she got out bad. We digress. Wrecked. <laughs> um. All right. So let let us jump right into the ratings. Um. Let's go into James first. I'm gonna throw it on you. Let's do it. So James, okay. what do you rate this? Um, man, so this was a really fucking weird ass movie. I wasn't expecting this 
like at all. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but watching it, it was very, uh, it was very heavy. I don't know how the hell you watched it again in in one week. That's kind of just like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just too weak. But um, one of the most aesthetically pleasing movies I've seen in a very 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 long time the composition of each shot was so meticulous and so just amazing and the what was it 119 one aspect yeah. ratio was yeah. just fucking killer it was suffocating <laughs> like it was it was insane um i like I like going around thinking about what the hell this movie could think about. That's so fun for me. Um, but I think I think I like the style. I like the style a little bit over the substance, a little bit. I think the substance is good. I think it's fun to get into. But I think this movie is about a seven point nine. It's not exactly an eight for me. I don't think. Okay. Okay. Um. I liked it a lot. I liked it, but um, I don't know. It I, on on this is a movie that you have to watch four or five or six times. I kind of am rating it on my first view, and I think yeah. it's just very hard for me to like digest it totally on nice. first view. And 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 I think that's that's all I have to say. <laughs> so seven point nine coming out from James. Let's uh, take it counterclockwise and go right into Taryn. Where are you at with this? So, yeah, this, this is my third time watching it, so I got a lot more out of it the third time I watched it than I did the first time, like you were saying, James. Yeah. So, and then obviously, also like reading and listening to a bunch of interviews and all those different thing pieces and shit. Yeah. People smarter than me talk about it. <laughs> uh, it lent a lot of credence to just how cool this movie is like i fucking love the style like you're saying the acting mm -hmm. is insane like there's nothing like this like this movie is so fucking unique but it's hard yeah. i would say it's hard to recommend this because it's such a weird movie but like mm -hmm. i don't know it's really cool um i don't know else, what else to say that hasn't been said already so i will rate it an 8.9 i think well Wow. All right, 8.9 coming up from Taryn. Going so back, Jay. let me go oh, back go to, to, to what he said. It's hard to recommend. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't I can't recommend a movie to somebody that they need to watch three times, right? Like, that's just, right. that's fucking six hours? Like, holy shit, you're really going to, like, I, don't, I mean, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, you could. Once, and if they're into it, they can watch it more. But yeah. Like, whatever, then they can. But, like, know. what if I just want to relate to my mother or somebody, you know? Like, yeah, funnily <laughs> enough, you guys know Isaiah, right? Yeah. I told him to watch it. I was like, dude, watch this fucking movie. He's like, uh -huh. oh, I watched it in theaters. I took my mom with me. I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't know. I just I just wanted to watch it. So I just, Imagine I seeing that shark like, vagina. Seeing that, that shark You're vagina crazy. right next to your mom. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, sorry. I As I, as I digress. Let's take it right to Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, stylistically, it's beautiful. The sound was amazing. The acting was amazing. The writing was great. Like, 
to me this is like and i you know i'm not gonna like sit here and spout like fanboyism over a24 and stuff even if it's true like i do love all their stuff <laughs> um it's just cool it's a good movie maybe it's hard to recommend but i don't think that makes a movie bad right like oh, yeah yeah yeah, for sure. yeah. For... it is hard to recommend it's a very specific kind of thing you have to really be into like weird shit to to go down this rabbit hole uh watching it again i i went into it thinking that i wasn't gonna like it as much but i only liked it more and nice. i had a feeling that i might have the most polarizing score here and i think that might be true i'm giving it a 9.4 let's wow. go dude nice wow 9.4 coming out from jay nice all right um i will take it over so this movie really took me back and made me think about how am i rating movies right because i think with you know our, our episode on kids for example where i was like i didn't enjoy this movie so i'm therefore i'm rating it poorly where this movie too i'm like this movie isn't necessarily enjoyable right i watched this movie I had to force myself to watch this movie the second time in one week. And I was like, I don't think that I enjoy this. It's kind of like broccoli or Brussels sprouts, but I think it might be good for me. Like, <laughs> so I, I guess I, that's a good. I think I'm going to do it anyway, because there's a lot of content here and there's a lot of story to be told. And I think I need to watch it another 10 times to really understand what it is. And I'm kind of maybe going to start rambling because I still don't really know where I want to put this. Um, I, you know, everything that everyone has already said, the, the aspect ratio, the, the mood, and I think just the set design that I really want to touch on again, where like, I want more of it. I want to see this entire set recreated in a full blown horror movie made by Ari Aster, some other A24 director that they pick up. Like I, this movie has so much to it and, um, it's fun again. I don't think that I would recommend this to many people unless I know they're really into artsy weird stuff like this. But that's what this movie is supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for weird stuff. And after you watch it and, and read up on about like the, the Greek mythology aspect of it and how there's so many different paths that you can choose and there's so many theories that have so much water, that hold so much water to them. It's so complex. It's so good. There's so much there that this movie is an 8.7 for me right. so yeah um 8.7 that brings us to a collective 8.725 okay so right around where i was that's fair yeah um, yeah i mean it i think you know i think we're all pretty okay with that i would say like it's good um okay. yeah any any rounding thoughts that we that we have here before we wrap this guy up? Um, I don't think so. Should, should be good. All right. Well, thank you guys <laughs> so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate you guys hanging out. Please be sure to follow us on all of our socials. You can find us anywhere, filmfumblers.com. We'll show you all of our social links. Um, we also want to shout out our new podcast that is in our, uh, our network kind of thing. So does somebody else want to take away that maybe knows a little bit more about how the show's run? Jay, do you want to kind of go into what that sure, show yeah. is? So uh, Film Fumblers here, we're on this network. We had this idea to, to build a network of 
you know, semi like-minded people that are doing podcasts as well. Um, and so there's another podcast now called Your Mission. And this is a podcast run by a good friend of mine, Alonzo, and a couple of his close friends. And essentially the goal of the podcast is every week they will do a new challenge uh, that's related to music. So like the first few episodes have been taking like 90s albums and shredding them down to EP cuts. You know, what are the what are the essential songs of the album? Um, how do they make you feel? Do you have emotional baggage tied to them? Those kind of conversations. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Um, I think their next one is going to be an EP cut of things that they're like ashamed about listening to, which is an interesting idea. The guilty pleasure cuts. (laughs) Yeah. That would take me a couple of days to think about. Oh, that would take me forever. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's really cool. We're super excited to kind of, you know, have this connection here and uh, we're looking forward to bringing on more shows in the future, but check them out. Your mission. Uh, I think they're at yourmissionpod.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they usually live stream here on Twitch um, every Saturday around 4.30 Mountain. Yeah, great. So um, what, what movie are we doing next week? Harakiri. Harakiri. So be sure to tune in to us uh, next week. That will be July 25th. We'll be doing Harakiri. So again, follow us on all of our socials to find out when exactly we'll be going live on that. And yeah, um, that pretty much does it for us, guys. Thank you guys so much. If you're watching us live, be sure to tune in for the after show. And thanks for being here, guys. Cheers. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers fellas.